Today I take a bit of a walk down memory lane as I talk on the phone to photographer Catherine Simpson and discover that we've possibly known one another a little bit longer than either of us would care to remember. Hello Catherine. Hi Peter, how are you? I'm well thanks, are you? Yes, not too bad, it's been a long time. It has been a long time, but I've just been thinking that um, in this sort of photography group of people around in this area, you're probably the one that I've known for the longest. Yeah, it's going to be about 13 years-ish. It's quite worrying really, isn't it? (laughs) Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and (laughs) when I first met you, you you were actually at college then. Yeah, I studied my A-levels. Yeah. So you, you studied photography A-level, is that right? I did, yeah. I did my darkroom and digital A-level both in the same year. Right. Darkroom, that sounds interesting. Oh, I loved it. It's where the passion comes from. Yeah. But something that probably, well, we did say when we were talking earlier, that probably something that not everybody will know much about nowadays. No, no. A lot of people don't understand where it's come from or, or why or... To me, it just gives me a bit of bit of background knowledge on how to edit my photos in Photoshop because yeah. I've still got the same tools that I would have in a dark room. Does that make sense? I suppose it does, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just thinking there was something quite magical when you dropped that piece of paper into that water. Well, it wasn't water, but you dropped it into the liquid and this image started appearing. You know, it was quite yeah. fascinating really, wasn't it? Into yeah. your three different chemicals, yeah. Yeah. Slightly, slightly different to um, looking on the back of a camera and seeing an image, but... Most definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I used to love taking photos on film and not knowing how it had come out, so you had to wait, and it was just that that waiting that made everything... It, it was just really exciting. Oh, you see, that's where we differ, because I got fed up of waiting, and I've, when the digital age came back, it was meant for me, because you didn't have to wait. I'm just an impatient <laughs> person. Yeah. So, winding back then, I mean, was, was photography something that you always wanted to do? I mean, I've always liked pictures and, and cameras, that kind of thing. I always had an interest. But, like, when I went to college, I was meant to be doing something academic, like geography or French or something like that. And I walked into the media studies where they did all the photography and all the artistic stuff. And I was like, right, so that is perfect for me, this. I'm doing artistic stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And about that time, it was when I I met you, and I I sort of just got interested in studio photography seriously. Um, And I, I went to a little studio in on the outskirts of Barnsley, and I wanted a photographer, and the owner said, oh, I know somebody. I want, sorry, I wanted a model. And yeah. the owner said, oh, I know somebody. And who should turn up but Catherine? Me? Yeah. Yeah, so that would be in, um, was it in Wombwell, that studio? It was, the little one. That, oh. Was it above the bank? Above the bank, yeah. That's the one, yes. That's before they moved and became bigger. And... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that... And that's sort of when we first met, and I think possibly then, particularly on the studio side of it, you probably knew more about the photography than I did in those days. Yeah, it, it was weird, wasn't it? Because every time you'd take a picture, I'd give you tips on what to do with the lighting, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, what's going on here? I'm supposed to be the photographer. I know, yeah. That still happens to me nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I mean, you were still brandishing a big beast of a camera, even in those days, from what I can remember. I believe in those days I had 
a Nikon D50. Right. And yeah. then after that, I ended up with a Fuji S3 Pro, which was huge. Yeah. Well, certainly, but you're, you're quite a petite person anyway. So, I mean, whatever the camera, it's going to look uh, quite large, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Quite large. I mean, I have had quite a few cameras, so yeah. the the collection the collection's expanded again recently. Yeah, but I mean, in these early days when you were modelling, and and our paths did cross quite a few times in those days. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I can remember is that you, and one of the reasons we used to book you for studio shoots is you had a vast array of wigs. Yes, I love changing my hairdo. Still yeah. do, except now I use hair dye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a you had a pink wig in those days, didn't you? Which was the one that yeah. regularly got used. That's the one that gave me my modelling name, which was Katerina Candy Floss. It's because I had bright pink candy floss hair at the time. It was um, a bright pink candy floss wig, and I still have that one. It's the only one I have left because I've kept that one for sentimental reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so now you said that you um, you've actually changed the colour of your hair by dyes now. So what colour is it now? It's currently blue. I did it last night because I was bored in quarantine. Yeah, that, we do tend to do some quite outlandish things at the moment, don't we, to try and pass our time on? Just a little bit. So if anybody's walking around Barnsley in the next few days and they see some blue hair come walking past them, they'll, they'll know who it is then? Uh, possibly, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Except I don't think I'll be leaving my house for a few weeks. Well, no, that's that's true, isn't it? That's one of the reasons why I started doing the podcast. At least I get somebody to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere along the lines, then the, um, the the wigs got thrown away. The interest in the modelling diminished somewhat, and the move turned around to photography. Yeah, I mean the photography was always there, always. Um, it just not in the kind of style that I do now. Whereas now I'm pretty much based on children family portraits cake smashers that kind of thing yeah whereas back in the day it was more artistic and shadows and lighting and taking pictures or anything i could get my hands on really yeah which is i mean that's my style really i love the light <laughs> and the light's something that is really interesting to me but i suppose if you're looking for something that's um going to provide you with an income to an extent then yeah, Probably the you, family route or the wedding route's the way to go. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's very difficult to find people that will actually pay you for what you enjoy doing. Yeah, um, and I think that was my main problem and where all the ups and downs came because I, I got a really good idea, but then couldn't find anybody that wanted to do the idea. Yeah, or pay me for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I suppose that that's. Where the difference is between the two of us, really, because I suppose we're at the the opposite ends of life, if you like, really. And um, for for me now, it's more about the enjoyment. So um, I'm I'm not looking so much to, to to make a living out of the photography, which in a way is nice. But the downside is you don't make any money out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite lucky that I've managed to keep myself going over the years. I mean. I've had my jobs. I've worked in call centres. I've worked in shops. I've worked in bars and restaurants. Yeah. But photography's always been there on the weekends and on the evenings. So it's it's just always been a backup. But now it's full time. And it's not always been plain sailing, has it? You've had a few ups and downs along the way with studios and one thing or another. It, it's it's quite it's quite an interesting one because I've, I've I know quite a lot of people and I know a lot of people that want to set up 
So when they want to set up, especially in my area, they contact me and say, would you like to work at my studio or would you like to collaborate? And I always say yes, because I'm one of those people. And um, it's not always worked out. I mean, friendships have turned into business relationships, which is not always a great thing. I would prefer it to be still a friendship. Um, Like people that don't know how to pay business rates or the rent. Um, that 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 was a fun experience clearing out a studio in 24 hours it it was not a great experience but it was a great experience business wise to know where not where not to do where, what not to do yeah so i suppose it's what you call a steep learning curve very much a steep learning curve yeah. i mean i'm still fairly young at 31 but back when that was all happening i was only what 24 25 yeah. So I was quite naive into thinking that people would actually do what they said they were going to do. Yeah. yeah. So I always ended up getting the short end of the stick and having to deal with the problems. Yeah. Not much fun. It's not um, much fun, but it's made me who I am today, so I'm really grateful for it anyway. And, and, and talking about having to deal with problems, you're a mum as well now, aren't you? I am a mum. I've got two little boys. One's yeah. six and one's three. Right. So you're trying to balance your time between the full-time photographer and, and mm-hmm. two young children as well, which can't be easy. It's not easy, especially when my kids don't like having the photo taken. Right. I cannot get one good picture of my kids. <laughs> Every time I get my camera out, they're full of face. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's one of the things that I was going to ask anyway, because children's photography is not the easiest thing in the world, is it? And you've just highlighted one of the main problems there, that... Children, you can't actually say to them, will you do this, will you do that, because they have minds of their own, don't they? Yes. I mean, in a studio setting when it's not your own child, I find it easier because they will listen to you because you're not their parent. Yeah. So you're somebody unfamiliar, so they will kind of be a bit more wary about acting up. Yeah. Whereas when it's your own child, they know the boundaries and they can take advantage. Yes. Yes. I have the same problem with grandchildren. Yeah, grandchildren, children. <laughs> yeah. If, if they're in your family, chances are they've got photographer's child syndrome, which is they don't like having the photo taken. Yeah. There's, there's, there's one thing I'm going to ask you about in specific about the children's photography, because it's personally it would be my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. You, do, you do cake smashers. I do. Yeah. I love cake smashers. I, you know, I, I, I just... The, the mess would it appalls me you know so tell me about the cake smashers well the cake smashers i tend to go for a smaller cake so we don't have these big elaborate cakes in my studio i do prefer a small basic victoria sponge with a little bit of icing on the top right um but i use seamless paper so once that's finished we just cut it out screw it up put it in the bin and right. the mess is not as bad as you would expect. Yeah. We've got we've got a little tub that we use as a bath. Got towels, got heaters and things. Make sure we've got some bubbles going on. Right. And we we put the bath into the session. So we use like a a big old wooden tub with a plastic tub inside filled with warm water. Get them in there. Get some bubbles blowing. And we we take photos of that as well. So it's like a. So it's a, a secondary session. It's like a secondary session. So yeah. 
for example, yeah. a cake smash session starts off at the beginning, no cake, fancy outfit in front of their fancy first birthday backdrop. Brilliant. Then we then we take the fancy outfit off, put on a smash outfit, so like shorts and a t-shirt or something like that. We put the cake down. Chances are the baby or the one-year-old will not go for the cake. It is all smoke and mirrors. The parents <laughs> are the ones that gain their hands dirty. Right. Um, and then once the cake's finished with, we pop them in the warm bath with some bubbles on, put some music on, make it all fun. And uh, the bath is the most fun bit because that's the bit where the kids actually smile. Yeah. During the cake smash, they are that worried about getting told off for making a mess. They don't smile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's the mess part. I, I'm not a person who likes mess at all. And that that bit would yeah. be a gimme. Um, but it is interesting. And I mean, it's very popular nowadays for families for cake smashers. They, everybody seems to be doing them. So I think it's me that's yeah. in the minority. Yeah, cake smashers are really fun. And they are, they are popular, although the popularity is dwindling a little bit now. Yeah. Um, I have found people like the paint smashers more because they get something to keep in the long run. So with paint, instead of the cake, we use an easel and some post paints and paint. It's as simple as that. Right. Is that how Picasso started? I think so. <laughs> that might be a way to try and sell the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. The next Picasso. So you've actually got your own studio now, haven't you? I have. It's my own little space. Yeah. It's small but perfectly formed. And you tell us what the name is. It's Bumblebugs Photography and it's on Eastgate in Barnsley. Right. So it is actually a, it's actually a physical building. It's a physical building. It yeah. is. I have my own little room in a... I'm, I'm above a bridal shop and below a tattoo shop. So we're all, <laughs> we're all in the business of making people happy. Yeah. And that's fairly central in Barnsley, isn't it? It is. We're, we're about a stone's throw from the town hall, so we're really close to the yeah. centre. Yeah. Um, I'm in between the bus station and the town hall on the main road. Can't yeah. get much more central than that. Well, you couldn't get two better landmarks, really, could you? No, yeah. no, not exactly. And we're real, although we don't have parking on site, we have a massive car park across the road, so it's it's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. And up until the recent problems, business has been quite good then. It's been it's been going from strength to strength this year. Obviously, um, when I had my second baby, I had a different studio. Right. in a different building and I had to give it up because I was really poorly with having the second child which yeah. I thought I'd never re recover from yeah. I never thought I, I shut my business down I never thought that I would be where I am today three years later yeah yeah and I've got everything back and more it's, it's crazy it's gone it's gone mad this year well, that's that's super, and that, that that's good to hear, really. And at the end of the recording here, if if anybody wants to contact you and they want to arrange a family shoot, I'll put your details at the bottom of the podcast. So if anybody goes on to listen to the podcast, they'll be able to see all all your information and get in touch with you anyway. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely send you the details over. Yeah. And so, what about the future then? I mean, presumably, once we get the all clear, you're going to be back out there and, and it's going to be business as normal. Well, it's it's going to be interesting. I've already got a waiting list of people who had to cancel or postpone. Yeah. So I've got weddings postponed for next year. All my brides have been absolutely fantastic. They've been so understanding. Um, 
I was actually meant to be doing a cake smash today and they've been really understanding and we're going to do that as soon as all this is over and we're allowed. So yeah. a lot of my clients have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's probably one thing that we've just glossed over there because we've been talking about the, the family shoots and things and you've just slipped in there, brides. So you right. do wedding I, photography as well. I, I do I do weddings. Um, it's more of a side side hustle. I love weddings, um, and I do find that that is a secondary kind of business yeah. for me. Yeah. I don't do many. I do about four or five a year, yeah. which is why it's not my main my main thing. Yeah. My main thing is my families and my studios, but my brides, oh, I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's. That's been a fantastic insight, and I really enjoyed catching up and talking to you again after all this time. And uh, oh, no, it's it's been crazy. I need to catch up a bit more. I think. Yeah, I'll probably. To, um, is it Matrix that you still at? Well, Matrix and JFYP. There's the there's the two studios next door to one another. So there's the main Matrix, which is the one that Andy works from and does all his family photography mm. from, and then Matrix is a consortium next door, which is the space that. I prefer Matrix as a dark black studio, JFYP as a white studio. So basically, we've got the best of both worlds. We you have got the best from well, yeah, mine, to low mine, key. Mine is definitely predominantly white. Yeah. Um, I've got massive uh, bay window, big old bay window, because I'm in a listed building. Right. So I've got a big old Victorian fireplace and a big, big Victorian bay window. It's amazing. Well, natural light's the one thing we don't have, so I mean that'd be um, something to look forward to. But I never realised how much more control you've got over light when you've got all black walls, until yeah, we the, actually got matrix. Yeah, having a black studio is really good because the, there's no light bouncing anywhere. There's no uncontrollable source of light. It's fantastic for the sort of stuff that we were talking about early on, which is the moody lighting and the low key lighting type stuff. I suppose for family shoots, the the white studios are, are ideal, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been looking at some of yours with the gels. I love the gel colours. I do. do I you know love that's... the gel tip. <laughs> yeah. Again, again, it's another one that's difficult to get people to pay for because they don't understand how yeah. much work goes into it. Yeah. It's. But... Um, I mean, you know, we, we've got a whole new podcast there. Don't get me talking about the gels. I can talk about gels all day. <laughs> but for me... They work better in the black studio if you've got oh, black but, walls but and everything. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely see why that would be. Yeah. You, well, you, you've distracted me there, Catherine. I've, I've <laughs> gone. I've gone off on a tangent. Um, but but, on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just about rounds off what I got down to talk to you about. Unless there's anything that I've forgotten that you want to add at the end. Um. Not really. No. Well, I think we're good. I think in that case, then, I'll say cheerio and and don't leave it so long next time. Yes, definitely. We'll have to meet up and do like a, a little session just for you or in Matrix. I'd love to see Matrix. I've not seen it yet. Well, the invitation's there. As soon as we reopen again, you can come along and take a look. I'm there. Yeah, smashing. Okay, thanks a lot and cheerio for now. We'll see you later. Bye.